Do you feel the tug or pull in your heart calling you to more? Do you feel like it is too late or that you're too broken to pursue the dream in your heart? Well, you've come to the right place. I'm Latasha and welcome to the Overcome to Become podcast. Pull up a seat and join me each week for real talk, life-changing truths, and actionable takeaways. We are diving into any and everything that has been holding you back from becoming who you were meant to be in every area of your life. Friends, you are on the verge of some big things happening in your life. You know, the thing you've been waiting for, been setting goals for, been praying about and desiring and working so hard for, it's about to happen. You're right there. But now we're in this waiting period. You and I need to make the best of this waiting time. And we really need to start looking introspectively and doing what I call the hard work of heart work. You know, because we don't want to get to that place that we desire so much and the condition of our heart snatches it all away from us. See, getting to a place that your heart cannot handle, it truly isn't a blessing. Whatever we hide in our heart year after year after year, situation after situation, will eventually bubble back up to the surface. It doesn't just magically go away. Part one of this series, we talked about how our heart is like a trunk. From childhood to present day, we add pieces to our trunk through life experiences. If we don't deal with those issues, the trunk becomes more and more full. And just like a physical trunk or container, there is limited space. We can try to close the lid and pretend that nothing is in there, but eventually, friends, what's in there is going to come out. So what does a full trunk look like? For me, there were a few key areas that were evidence that my trunk was overflowing. You know, the skeletons were starting to creep out of the closet and that dirt that I had swept under the carpet for years, it's now built up to a mountain. Well, for me, there are a few key areas that were evidence that my trunk was overflowing. One was my weight struggles. I used food to numb the pain. My sorrows and my disappointments in myself and others. I knew it was an issue when I began hiding and lying about what I ate. When I wanted to eat by myself or after hours or in the dark, I'd lose weight through some extreme method and then I'd gain it all back again. It was a vicious punishing cycle that I became addicted to over and over and over again. Another area was my extreme need to achieve. If you haven't already, check out episode five where I discuss and spill all the beans about this area that I used to struggle in. A third issue, control. My husband and I married several years ago, 15 years this spring. And when we went on our honeymoon, we did a cruise and we were in Mexico. And so we decided to go on a jet ski and I'd never been on a jet ski before. While we were on this jet ski, one of the things that the guy warned us about is he said, you know, your husband should probably control the jet ski. The waves are pretty tough out here. Don't want you to get hurt. And so my husband controlled the jet ski while we were on there. In my mind, of course, my need to control started bubbling up and I started demanding, hey, I want to drive. Of course, my husband, in all his patience-ness, as usual, said, hey, it's probably not best that we do that. But of course, I didn't want to hear it. I wanted to drive that jet ski. And so he stopped and so graciously allowed me to do so. As I was driving the jet ski, all I can remember 
is hitting this wave, the jet ski flying up in the air, and landing back down on the ocean with my face planted in the handlebars. And I remember coming to after hitting my face on the handlebars and then realizing that I had lost a front tooth and my tooth was floating somewhere in the middle of the ocean in Cozumel, Mexico. Looking back now, I realized that it was God showing me and giving me a little glimpse into my need to control. Even when it was illogical and even when it was a little dangerous. See, I wasn't going to let anybody tell me what to do. I wanted to be in charge and I was going to show that I knew what I was doing. I needed to be in control. And that need cost me a front tooth midweek of our honeymoon on a cruise. Another thing is disease to please. I had been hurt, so I wanted to avoid being hurt again. How could I please everyone and make everyone happy so I wouldn't be rejected? Being easily offended. I wore my feelings on my sleeve and it didn't take much at all to offend me. If I thought you looked at me the wrong way, if I thought you said something the wrong way, and then I would hold on to those hurts. Another one, being extremely critical of myself. No one could ever have worse words to say about me than what I was saying to myself in secret, beating myself up day in and day out. Here are some other signs that you simply have too much junk in your trunk. Judgmental, maybe even a little gossipy, hyper-focused on others and what they should or should not be doing, the inability to rest, holding on to unforgiveness, extremely competitive. Someone else's win is automatically your loss and you're green with envy or jealous emotionally unstable. No one knows what they're going to get when you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, when you get to work. You're a roller coaster of emotions that are very unpredictable. You have self-sabotaging behavior. I want you to go back to episode 12 if you haven't already where Latoya Matthews and I talk about self-sabotage. Maybe self-centered. Everything is always about you. You have to be seen and heard. Or maybe you're unable to maintain healthy relationships. Everyone else is the problem. The bad friend, the bad spouse. If everyone would just get their act together, then your life would be better, right? Maybe you're very suspicious and unwilling to trust people, thinking that someone is always out to get you. Or unable to take constructive feedback and see it as a growth opportunity, Or maybe even you're isolating yourself and you're justifying it as being introverted. I love this quote by John Maxwell that says, change now before you must. Change equals growth if we do it readily or grief if we do it reluctantly. See, because of my stubbornness, the latter has been true most of the time for me rather than the former. Paying thousands of dollars to fix a tooth issue that could have been avoided. Almost losing my marriage due to my overambitious, competitive, overachieving heart. And having to pay off debts that it could have been avoided. See, I now realize that God was trying to show me myself all along the way. But I did not want to look at myself in the mirror. 
We can choose to take advantage of the waiting periods between seasons and reflect on our own, or life will give us a little nudge. Having to change because you're forced to is absolutely painful and hard. See, no one just loses it one day out of the blue. You know, we look at news, we look at entertainment tonight and magazines, and we read about biographies and all these things. See, marriages don't crumble overnight. A person doesn't just go on a bad path all of a sudden. It's a culmination of little things, little decisions and thoughts and layers upon layers of unhealed hurts along the way. It's the little things that are added to our trunk throughout our lifetime. With every life experience, we add to the trunk. And if we don't choose to deal with it, then layers become walls and they start to form in our hearts. See, those layers of unhealed hurts start to shape who we are, how we interact with other people, how we see ourselves, how we see the world, and how we view God. We've even mistakenly believed that "Mm, it's just who we are. You know, I'm just this way. My mom was like this. My dad was like that. My grandma was like this. This is just who I am. See, our quirky personality or our makeup. But I want to expose that lie that we've been struggling underneath. Living in crippling fear, my friends, and insecurity, being angry all the time, struggling with an inability to rest, being super suspicious of people, always feeling like people are out to get us, seeing someone else's win as our loss, using food, using drugs, using alcohol, TV, gossip to numb and ignore is not who we are. It is not our makeup. And we don't have to continue to suffer under this lie. No, you're not just a mean-natured person. You've been hurt. No, you're not just naturally insecure. Your heart has been scarred. You're not a weirdo. You're not crazy or any of the other things people have said about you, things that you've heard or things we've said about ourselves, we are human beings and we have feelings and we have emotions and our hearts have been hurt. See, these lies have kept us from doing the heart work. You know, the lie of time will heal all wounds. Doesn't that sound so great? I'm pretty sure you can even find it in a Hallmark card. But time alone does not heal anything. Or how about the lie of, hey, just let it go. It'll fix itself. I'm sorry, but if you have a fracture in your relationship, in your friendship, just letting it go, it will not fix itself. Or how about this one? Stay busy so you don't have to think about it and you'll get through it. Or we don't have to do anything. God will just, poof, automatically heal our hurts. Now, is God capable of just waving his hand and removing all of our hurts? Yes, Will he just do it instead of us having to do the heart work? No. God will definitely partner with us in our process to heal and be whole. He will not just take over and do it for us. Friends, there are no overnight fixes. Took a while for us to get to where we are. It will take our willingness to do the work, the heart work. Here's the great news. No matter what we are facing or have faced, we have the power to choose. 
This heart work is personal work that we can choose to do on our own. It doesn't require permission from anyone else. It doesn't require anyone else to agree or to do it for us. As John Maxwell stated, we can choose to change now before we must. See, God is knocking on the door of our heart. Will you keep making excuses, blaming everyone and everything else, or will you answer? I have some homework for you this week. In your quiet time, I want you to read Psalm 51st chapter and the 10th verse. It says, create a new clean heart within me and fill me with pure thoughts and holy desires ready to please you. See, this is what David said after he was in his, what the kids call situationship with Bathsheba. He knew that there was nothing good in him separate from God. He desired a new heart, not just a changed one. And I encourage you to dig into that story of David because it shows that God is not after the perfect people. He uses imperfect people. Here's another verse, Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. So then, since we have a high priest who has entered into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us firmly hold to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Here are some reflective questions that will help you to start processing through your overflowing trunk. Number one, which of the signs that I mentioned earlier are you challenged with? Two, what are the recurring constructive criticisms you've received from people about you? See, my uncle used to always say, not everything that everyone says about you is false. If several people are saying the same thing, it might actually be true. Dig into those common themes. Number three, what decisions have you made that have brought you to this point? Four, what is keeping you from digging into these areas and doing the work? And what are you afraid of? Then I want you to pray. As I mentioned earlier, God wants to partner with us in this journey of hard work. He's not going to do it for us. However, he wants us to look to him for the grace to take each step and peel back every layer. As we are digging in, his spirit will guide us and will heal us as we are doing our part. In prayer, tell God all about the signs you have been struggling with, about the hurt, the disappointments. Hey, friends, he knows it already. He's well aware. Ask him to continue to show you your heart and to heal every place that hurts, even the places we've forgotten about that are broken. I want to say bravo to you for being brave and making the choice to do the work. Again, this is the best investment you can make that will pay off tremendously in every area of your life. I'm continuing to pray for you and with you as you courageously walk in this journey. You're not alone, friend. Join me in the final part of this series, Inside Out, How Do We Do the Heart Work and Maintain a Healthy Heart? This will be the last episode of season one. I'm taking a small little break to unplug, prep for season two, and most of all, be with my family. Season two starts January 5th. Please subscribe so you don't miss that notification. 